Hi there, this is Michael Westra with Breaking the Systems of Control podcast. Come hang out with me as we explore and pursue true freedom, liberty, and the art of minding your own business. Welcome back to episode 8 of Breaking the Systems of Control podcast. I'm glad to be back. I have something special for you today. I'm having uh, Kyle Nelson on for an interview. Uh, this is actually recorded after the interview. So the the interview went great and I'm going to love to have him back on. Now, Kyle, um, he is going to be hosting his own podcast soon called Food for Thought. And once that is up, I will most definitely let you all know and have you check him out. But I I think you're going to really like who Kyle is and I'm not going to, um, give you a long introduction of him because I gave him a chance to introduce himself. Now, before we do that, let's start with the social media cringe of the week. So the social media cringe of the week, I'm sure you guys have seen this and we actually talked about that in our uh, conversation, uh, Kyle and I, but there was a photo of these people playing in their school band outside wearing masks with the mouth cut out so they could play their wind instruments. <laughs> I, honestly, I can't tell you how just moronic this is. I mean, first of all, they're outside. Second, there's a hole where their mouth is. It completely defeats the purpose of a mask. If if mask even worked in the first place. I, I feel like the only purpose is to just comply with an order to show that they're good people. They, they want everyone to believe that they're good people, so they have to outwardly express that in a way, and that the way to do that is by wearing a mask. And I'm sure the school wants to do this too. So it's not just the individuals. I'm sure they're required to. But even if the individuals are doing it too, and and people like this, this kind of thing doesn't surprise me. I talked about this before, but people like think that they're like some kind of like superhero or something. They're, they're kind of like where viruses aren't present. I will be there where there's someone wearing a mask beneath their nose that needs screeched at. I will be there where there's a grocery store and people are standing shoulder to shoulder for toilet paper. I will be there where there's a bar or restaurant. No, no, I won't be there. And where there's children playing outside having fun. I will be there to call 911 where there's a social media need for someone to comment listen to the science i will be there i do not fear death unless it's a virus with a 99.9% survival rate but i will play it off and say it's not to protect me it's to protect you i'm here to type in the night for daily pats on the back because i am super viral protection man <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
If anyone's wondering why I'm being a little more belligerent today, it's because I've had a couple sangrias. <laughs> anyway, so Kyle, I wore a hat for you. <laughs> if anyone, whoever's watching the video or whoever isn't watching the video version, I'm wearing a Green Bay Packers hat because Kyle goes to Green Bay. So anyway, let's get into the interview. Actually, before we get started, I want to do my giveaway. A lot of people have been waiting, so now's the time to do the drawing. I got all the numbers written down on a piece of paper in here. I cut them up into little squares. So let's uh, get into this drawing here. Mix them all up. There's not many in here, so the chances are, are, are uh, the, the odds you got pretty good odds, so. Alright. Actually, just had to pause to go look at who number eight was, but Josh. Wow, uh, Josh was uh, the the one I previously interviewed. Uh, yeah, Josh, you're the winner. Josh actually bought in with Pirate Chain. It, maybe that's a sign. There, there's good luck with privacy. It's the world telling you something. So, um, well, congrats, Josh. I'll ship you out that. Uh, AR-15 upper receiver, stripped upper receiver. Just uh, give me your address and I'll send it out to you. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here, man. Super fucking pumped, dude. I'm so glad that you actually got it going and uh, I'm I'm following you, man. I, I Give me a couple months. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad we finally get you on. I know we've been talking about it for a little while now. How have you been? Cool, man. Fuck, I'm, I'm, it's cool. Everything's good. You know, just, um, staying busy, man. And yesterday I just played, uh, some flag football up behind Lambeau field, the green oh, Bay yeah? stadium. And they have a thing that's called title town and they had like some kind of winter Jubilee or whatever. And there's like a, um, an authentic turf field back there. And so I got a group of these like uh, age range from like 20 to 50 of guys that play flag football every week. So yeah. we played there last night and it was, it was a lot of fun. There's like 18 of us, you know? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. How, how, how does that old, whole uh, six feet thing work while you're playing flag football? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's how we, that we play those rules, man. I mean, we did have to, we did have to wear a mask to, oh, you uh, did? yeah, to be on the uh, the premises. So like everybody was outside, like completely, you know, it wasn't like a large mask crowd, but everybody still had their mask on. I wore my, um, I've got a Gatson flag, uh, balaclava. Oh yeah. And so I just wore, I just wore it like 
up to my nose. Yeah, so so they're like a mask that that just uh, gets people not to bitch at you. Yeah, but, but they're really not a mask. <laughs> people are really adamant and not seeing each other's mouths. Yeah, it's really really weird. Well, I I just I don't know how real it is, but there was a uh, a photo of a school band with like the mouth cut out so they can oh, yeah. play their instruments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, uh, nothing like that baffles me anymore with, with, um, I mean, you know, and I don't have any problem with anybody else that really like should be wearing a mask, you know, like, but to, it's the same basic principle. It's like to force everybody else and not just force everybody else, but, to completely um, write it into it like a mandate and make it a law overnight, and yeah, it, it, yeah. without justification, obviously. Yeah, I, I'm definitely with upset with all that, but it, I, I, there's just something about seeing someone walk down the street all alone, nobody around them, but wearing a mask over their face. Mask. Yeah, and I mean, if, if they feel if that's what you know keeps them going throughout the yeah. day then you know by all means do it but for me i and and just living in wisconsin obviously there's a contrast because you live there in michigan and you live under uh the fucking bitch of the fucking midwest yeah yeah um i was gonna ask you how things were in wisconsin yeah it's i, I actually spoke to a, a buddy of mine the other day and he was asking me that same question and affected me like the first two months you know the way of living because um we thought that my girlfriend had it so i had to work from home for two weeks and then uh you you thought you said you thought your girlfriend had it yeah we thought tara had it uh, so did she I, get tested and everything yeah she got tested and the results didn't come back for like a month seriously yeah we it however it worked out it because she didn't p- test positive, obviously, um, because we thought that she had it, but it ended up she tested negative and she was waiting on a phone call. They told her that they were g- they were going to call her. And sure enough, four weeks later, she she has to look it up online or whatever. However it goes, I, I, I wasn't involved with it, but um, she found out that she was negative. I was like, well, that'd be really, you know at least an appeasement to know so you can return to work and like, yeah, you know, um, not feel this. Yeah. Which work. is, it's weird because how long ago was that? This was back in April, April. Okay. Cause, of- because, uh, yeah, you, you probably saw that like my son's in and out of the hospital and, uh, yeah, anytime man. we take them in, uh, we took them in last week and it was, like before they had admitted him, like they, they swabbed him and they were able to come and tell us whether or not he was positive. Right. So it, it was pretty quick. I mean, I mean, it, it didn't feel quick cause we were sitting in the hospital waiting because they wouldn't even admit him into a room until <laughs> he, he came back with a test. And, uh, yeah, if he would have tested positive, they would have required that only one parent, would be allowed to see him at all times during the entire stay, whether he was in there for 
you know, a couple days or six months, even if COVID wasn't even an issue, obviously six months from now, COVID wouldn't be an issue in a patient. And most likely it's, it's gone out of your system after a couple of weeks, but yeah, they, they would still consider him a COVID patient at that point. And only one parent would be, it just, there is no sense to it. It does. It does not make no. sense at all. I mean, we're his parents. We're, we're obviously exposed to it. Um, I, I just, I don't, I, I don't see the logic behind it at all. It's, it's drastically to the point of the arguments that they're making is exactly the arguments that we're making. I mean, it's, it's so profoundly unfair because, and and it just, just today I have a, a, a grandparent in the hospital in Michigan She's in Marquette Hospital, and nobody can go see her. Nobody at all. No, they, they don't even have like one. I thought, I thought they were all allowed one person, but I, I guess it might might be different for adults. That's what we were told. I mean, it's an she's that would an make sense. Lady, I mean, but... um, I, yeah. I'm sure the only reason why the situation is different with my son is just because he's obviously a minor. So. Exactly. But then that, you know, supersedes, well, then, you know, now you're his parents, so you don't get COVID or, or how does this work? And yeah. that's another issue is just when things become law, even the laws themselves can be misconstrued. But now we're dealing with each hospital entity has their own completely different protocol that you can't there's no reliable source to find that. Well, how, how did what's really weird is that like a lot of hospitals there, like the, the, before you go in, they'll have like a list of symptoms. And if you have these symptoms, essentially you're not allowed to be in as a visitor. Well, I mean, they only allow, I mean, obviously for the kids, they only allow the parents anyway, but like the list of symptoms it literally could just be you like not even a sickness. Like the, the symptoms were like endless. It's like, Oh, do you have a runny nose? Do you have a cough? Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. It could be They're actually not even testing. Um, my mother-in-law, she's a uh, retired ICU nurse and yeah. she keeps in contact with all her nurse friends. And apparently they just, completely stopped testing for the flu. And so the, these nurses, if they're sick, they're only testing for COVID. And if it comes back negative for COVID, oh, you're okay to work, which is absolute insanity because uh, chances are if someone is needing some kind of extensive care and they were in the ICU and were to get COVID and COVID could lead to their death. Chances are the flu could also lead to their death. So it's just insanity. Yeah. yeah but which one's more profitable when it, when it gets recorded, you know, and, and reported back to whatever entity that funds that bill. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I think part of it is I, I, th I was reading recently that the CDC actually announced that they just like halted uh, testing for the flu. I don't, I don't know why, but. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because I <laughs> I just saw this guy. He made a post where he said 
um, all you anti-maskers are wondering why the flu numbers are so low. Well, maybe it's because masks work, you dumbass. And it's like, I commented, I'm like, uh, that's a little odd considering the CDC said they stopped testing for the flu. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't see the correlation no, there. Like you said, you know, them testing for the multitude of different things, like the runny nose, the very common symptoms that everything has. Yeah. Um, it just creates this game of if you're sitting with, with a four-year-old and you're just goofing around and you just say, you know, what, what game are we playing? And they just tell you that the floor is lava. And then now the, the furniture is on fire. And, and so all of these rules get implemented almost out of thin air because the, the disease and the rules around it are so just malleable. They can just decide at, at, the, at the flick of a whim that you can't go to the gym now, even though that's ridiculous, even in its own right. Yeah, and, and I'm pretty little- sure gyms are back closed down here in Michigan. I I have a home gym now, so I haven't really gone to the gym, but I'm pretty sure they're closed down again. Good man. I home gymed it for a couple months this year, and then I realized that the gym I was going to, um, they didn't have a mask policy. So I, I go every – I just got out of it today. And um, like back to what I said before – I live normally now in Green Bay because I go to a grocery store that they don't enforce the mandate. I go to a bar that wait, wait, did you say you you got out of your gym membership because they didn't have a mask mandate? I I was just using the home gym a, over the summer because it's out in the garage. Yeah, yeah. But um, I didn't. Yeah, realize- I, I, I didn't even. I I actually got my home gym together before all this COVID crap. So I, so did I, it's just easier for me. I, I don't, I don't know. It's a pain in the butt dealing with the gym. Yeah. I, I kind of prefer it now cause it's so cold and I, I don't have mine indoors. So I have oh, to, okay. you know, I had to find a way eventually I was waking up at five o'clock and like 25 degree temps <laughs> lifting in the garage. You can't, you can't get that pump going with that freezing cold, cold air. No. <laughs> uh, and I was running and, you know, uh, it, it's hard to be motivated when you got to wake up out of bed and, and hit that brisk morning. But yeah. it's also kind of a mental training, too, because you can just uh, you tell your body, hey, these are the elements that we have to deal with. Adapt or die. Yeah, uh, it's good. It's I mean, the, the cold air is good for your body. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure if you don't warm up properly, it's probably not the greatest. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. It's it, I would I tell people all the time to start taking cold showers. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. Around. I I try to do it. Um, I don't do it every day anymore, but uh, I mean, every other day or sometime, well, maybe once a week, I'll do it. It's good to if I'm really tired, I'll take a cold shower for sure. Yeah, and I'll I'll jump right in the shower and I'll just turn the knob and let it be cold for a minute yeah and then i'll just warm it up warm it it's up good for your up. immune system good for your skin it's just yeah. especially during the winter time well, hot showers are not good for you because you're opening up all those pores and then going out in the cold it's just terrible for your immune system 
that's you're exactly right because i just told my brother that same thing because he takes these piping hot showers and i was like you're not doing yourself any favors Holmes. you gotta tighten up (laughs) i i would take such cold showers that it would literally you'd be in there like (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) you can barely breathe like you're like (gasps) (laughs) 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 yeah that helps so much you know just when you have to like work outside and stuff i was uh spraying planes uh at detroit metro a couple years ago we were de-icing, so we'd have to be outside for a period of time de-icing these planes off the terminal. So um, I was doing a lot of routine. I mean, I was probably in the best shape of my life because I was working at Sherwin-Williams. I was working there. I was oh, you putting were? in, like, yeah, like 70 hours a week. And then I was playing semi-pro in Detroit for the Diesels. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. just mm-hmm. It was for a season, but I was <sighs> – in the best shape of my life. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. See, you 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 got some shred on you, dude. I seen yeah. a picture of you on Facebook. I was like, oh shit, all right. <laughs> I, I I was uh I'm not quite as big as I was, but uh, I I I'm in sh- I I wouldn't say I'm out of shape. I still try to stay healthy and I I probably have more muscle mass than the average person, but I used to be like into bodybuilding and stuff so yep so yeah. i was like uh, so i'm like 510 i was like 100 and i think the, the highest weight i was like 195 and um oh, i was six percent body fat so i was just like I, I don't know how healthy that is but <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a certain fat level to yeah. stoop well, my body like when i'm working out that much it just I, I can't do it my body just won't gain that fat really it's weird i have the exact opposite problem really <laughs> yeah i gain weight i gain weight so quick man um it's just my my dad's my family's metab- metabolism so huh. yeah i deal with it i people think that it's like a blessing but it's for me like it's really not because when like let's say i'm doing some kind of like um like really exhaustive work if i'm doing some kind of crazy like when i was on the wrestling team and i'm doing a lot of these explosive workouts if i don't at some point like twice during that workout like take a bite of like sugars or something to keep me going, I I'll probably pass out. Like, cause my body there's, there's nothing more for my body to feed off of for energy. Cause I, I burn off all the calories for energy and then I don't have the fat storage for my body to feed off for energy. So then your body will naturally start feeding off of, um, I mean, your, your proteins, uh, storage. So, so a lot of your muscle fibers and, and then I I just get exhausted and I'm get weak. So I have to, if I'm ever like during the fire Academy, they would all make fun of me because at all times in my turnout gear and my pockets, I would keep like energy bars and granola bars and stuff. And anytime we would have like a break in between um, workouts or w- whatever we were doing, I'd pull out my little bar and start eating. <laughs> <laughs> Dude's always hungry. It's just like, 
I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm freaking always hungry. My body just burns off way too much. You, uh, my brother's got type one and his body ate himself down. I mean, you remember Kevin, right? He's like, yeah. I mean, he's tried, he's like a foot taller than me, but he was down to like 130 pounds, uh, last fall. And really? yeah. So it turns out he had, um, I think it's called Crohn's disease. Oh yeah. Is, you know, uh, your thyroid. And then he had type one and they were both just Yikes. like kicking his ass. And he was, he was losing so much weight. He was like, I just must be good doing well with my diet. Even though he's chugging lemonade, Kevin, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably going to watch this. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had blood tests done and stuff. I, there's nothing that they can find. I, I do have irritable bowel syndrome, so that kind of contributes to it. So I, I just kind of like, I, I don't hold in my nutrients. And what's really weird is wow. the, the only diet that I can actually digest properly is, and this is crazy, but the, the keto diet, if I'm not, if I, wow. if I stop taking in like grains and, and sugars, my body just does so much better. It's weird. And I actually don't, because you would expect someone who's on a keto diet to have like that issue with their energy levels. Like I was just describing. Yeah. You uh, need carbs, you need healthy yeah, carbs. Yeah. But what's really weird is it's the opposite. Like I'm way more energized. I, I don't, I don't experience that severe fatigue when I'm on it. It's really weird. Wow. I, I think it just has to do with my body actually digesting properly and taking in those nutrients. So who are you? What are some things that you've been up to? Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll go from there. Well, by profession, I'm uh, a licensed loan originator, so I deal with uh, home mortgages. And so if anybody out there in Michigan or Wisconsin, I'm licensed in both states, um, has any questions, wants to get pre-approved. Um, if you're a homeowner and you're looking at you know, refinancing and restructuring your mortgage loan, go ahead and shoot me a call. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I, I've adamant music listener i've been uh dating my high school sweetheart for seven years um used to play the drums do a lot of working out big fan of uh of football and competitive smash ultimate i didn't um, know you played the drums no no back, never knew back that. in high school in early college i had um I'm, I'm gonna set it back up when i become a home homeowner again i i I have an itch. I'm banging on shit all the time, you know, and my work, awesome. companions, my coworkers get pissed at me. Cause like, dude, you were the noisiest person. You can't sit still. And I can't, I, I just have rhythm in my head and music in my head constantly. So that's awesome. I love music as well. Is there any particular genre that you're more interested in? You know, um, Right now, it's just a lot of um, flashy early two thousands hip hop. Okay, <laughs> I got got into Ludacris and uh, <laughs> and Ja Rule and shit. 
Um, but I, I've there. I used to say it was everything but country, and and then I discovered Chris Stapleton and the, yeah. and the Steel Drivers. Yeah, he's man. real uh, bluesy sounding. Very, he's got like that soul yeah. voice. That guy rules, man. Yeah, I, he's talented. I, I love listening to him, but it was his band. I I discovered the Steel Drivers before I knew his name. Really? Which was his old his his old group. Yeah, that and, was the bluegrass uh, group he was with. Yeah. yeah. And I I used to say it. I was like, I love everything. You know, I love soul. You know, but um, I used to exempt country, and now I I can't. You got to listen to the right shit. Yeah. If you're playing the drums, what kind of music are you usually playing? Oh, it's uh, System of a Down, Tool, a lot of, um, I guess you would say alternative rock. Okay. Or psychedelic rock, maybe. Like a lot of Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and uh, mostly rock. But I like to just, um, I jam around. My dad's, when, when we lived down in, Detroit, my dad was heavily involved in the inner city music scene uh, for a long time. Um, he had a band called the Schlubs and he front manned uh, as well. He, he played the drums and sang at first at the same time and then just became the front man after they got a full band together. And uh, that's awesome. I used to play with his friends. They were really good at just jamming on guitar and just making up stuff on the fly and allowing me to grow and develop my timing and my discipline and come up with different fills and, you know, really work into it. And it's a muscle that I, that still exists and I haven't flexed it in a couple of years and it, and it itches, man. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you should get, definitely get back into uh, uh, doing that. I, I love music. I I'm a singer myself. I, I don't yeah. play any instruments my family are a bunch of musicians but i i just never got into playing instruments and then started messing around with singing and found out i had kind of a knack for it and went from there that's one compliment i have for you is when i first heard your podcast i was like he's got a good voice for podcasting oh really (laughs) yeah i think i think well thank you yeah, I I I can talk, but I I don't know how my voice sounds. It probably sounds ten years younger, you know. But it'll a part of it's the mic. I I think if you're behind a your mic, it, it'll sound a little better once you um kind of post edit stuff and whatever. Not that I'm like editing a whole lot. I'm just it, a decent mic will will definitely enhance your voice. So to all the listeners, uh, if you haven't picked up, Kyle and I went to high school together. We never really connected much. We, we had some classes with each other, and I don't, I don't know why. I guess we had different friend groups. I was a little um, kind of a loner in high school. so uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I, I, I had a, a smaller group of friends, but I, I wasn't. I wasn't the most social person at the time, but, uh, through, uh, social media, we, we kind of can reconnected with, um, with each other because we, we kind of 
I remember the, the first time was I was scrolling through Facebook. I can't remember the exact post, but it was some ignorant crap. And I was like, oh, I, I got to I got to get in here and, and just tear into this person. And I click and then I see I see Kyle's name. I'm like, OK, I want this is interesting. So I read and I was like, well, well he hit the nail on the head. I don't got to do it. <laughs> so we, I, I kind of figured out that we have very similar political views as far as uh, uh, our views on government or uh, lack thereof, I should say. Our, um, our similar tastes <laughs> in government, which is almost none. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle was one of the first I told about wanting to start this podcast and uh, come to find out he he's wanting to start his own. So uh, how is that playing out? Well, when I, um, I came up with an idea, I mean, and I've been thinking about this kind of stuff, um, before I even knew what it would be, I thought in middle school about, um, I was just so fascinated with recording stuff that as soon as I got my first phone with a camera, I was just like, I was making little clip edits and showing things moving around the room. I was just experimenting with stuff. And I, I always was infatuated with the idea of having a variety show, um, where it's just kind of off the cuff music, uh, jokes and skits and, you know, uh, just being creative and having fun with it. And YouTube was becoming a huge thing and, and yeah. watching people do that. And I wanted to do something similar to a podcast before I even knew podcasts existed. But um, this past year, I was in a lot of discussion with my father about doing that idea because he would make skits with his friends and um we were so we worked so well together just riffing like sitting in the same room like smoking the joint or something and and we would just riff about politics and um just goofy bullshit and i was i i wanted him so badly to uh, record these stories that he would tell me because he was a hoodlum um, in Brightmore and Redford as a youth. And okay. uh, I am, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. I listen to a lot of comedians, um, Joey Diaz being one of them. Oh yeah. You know, Joey Diaz yeah. is his storytelling about his youth in New York is so similar to my dad's stories and growing up in uh, Metro Detroit and just the antics and the, the shit that he got involved with, I was just fascinated by. And I know that myself loves that aspect of storytelling and lessons, you know, and, and wisdom that come out of these situations that other people have experienced that a lot of people, they, they want that because it's experiences that, either they'll never have or if they do come into they have some sort of guidance yeah you know and that's just fatherhood in general but i always just wanted to document those stories because they knew i knew that they had to be listened to somebody had to share that experience with me um as well as him and um we were going to kind of make the variety show skits discuss music discuss random topics outside of politics but it would be um, you know, about 45 minute discussion just of current events or um, rudimentary things like just the basics of, 
um, why these things exist and why people hold such varying opinions on these these issues. Okay, so so the pod it's not just going to be you on the podcast. It, well, it will be now. My father passed away a month and a half ago. Wow, I did not know that. I'm sorry to hear that. That a month and a half ago. Yeah, month, uh, it was November eighth. Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. It it's all good, brother. It's all love. Um, but I seen him that night before. We were just so excited about that idea of podcasting together that he had wrote down on the notes in his garage, like all the different structures and, and how we wanted to release it by the week, the name of it, which will be the food forethought podcast. Um, and how did that, that name come about? That was actually, um, it just, I, I would come up with these entendres and this wordplay mm-hmm. because I remember a long time ago, I was watching Eminem actually just like do that kind of thing too. He would just write down all this wordplay in a journal. And I kind of came up with the triple entendre, entendre which was food forethought. So um, food just being a play on um, food forethought. I, that's, I wasn't going to take a guess i wasn't gonna say it out loud but that's what i I thought it was yeah and that's a double entendre um but food is actually uh if you look it up in the urban dictionary it just means to be in a relaxed mood like there was a series of memes years ago that um they would have this guy just like hazed out in a car and it would just say food oh yeah and um that's actually pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it was just like when I saw that, I was like playing with the words in my head, like food for thought, food mood, you know. Um, so I came up with just the idea of and 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 food for thought being like, oh, I'm going to give you some food for thought, but it's not going to be too serious. There's going to be a lot of um, satire aspect, comedy aspect. Okay. So I want it to be more light. Like it'll be more, it'll be um, kind of broad topics kind of thing. It's just kind of a chill, laid back kind of. It's not going to be something like mine where you, you start listening and you start getting kind of fired up while listening. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I listen to you. I'm like, damn it, man. I know exactly what he's talking about right now. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm in the cringe of the week stuff. I'm just like, you'll never run out of it. The way the current yeah, political no. climate is, yeah. it's, it, it, there's cringe that just blasts out as soon as you can open your eyes on the internet. It's just, yeah, I think, uh, the, the one today, um, I, I, I'm, I go back to do my intro, but was going to be the one that I was talking about with uh, the person saying that uh, the, the masks with uh, the flu disappearing. And of course oh. it's because of masks. And it's funny because the way the post was made, he just was trying to be so arrogant with like, he put it in quotes and you know how you do like the big letter, uh, like the capitalized letter, lowercase capitalized, lowercase oh, kind like of like making the little, SpongeBob meme. Yeah, like, He's like, <laughs> I wonder yeah. why masks work. 
<laughs> oh gosh <laughs> it's it's uh unoriginal almost now because it's just been done before and um and well, even that, those that's pretty much everything all over social media it's just a big yeah. game of follow the leader and i know the the terms overused but it's it really is an echo chamber like everybody it's like copy and paste throughout and, it, and they <laughs> they congratulate each other at such a rate that it's just like patting each other's back oh, right and it could be that that post you know as an example it's like oh it, it had like 500 to however many likes or retweets or, so, or whatever and it's like oh there's plenty of other people out there that are not only refulfilling this guy's idea but um share it themselves i guess yeah and it's funny because i (laughs) if my mom's watching this i love you mom but uh she (laughs) she she was just asking me like why do you post stuff like that you know people are getting upset with you i'm like i don't care (laughs) no and i I don't (laughs) and i've always treated everybody that way i mean not that i don't and i don't care what people think but um depends on the situation i mean i'm not doing it out of spite or anything i'm not doing it because i i just dislike everyone i i feel like these sort of things are just so obvious to me and i i'm wondering why the general public can't see it and you're also just using the platform you know and and like okay here's an idea presented is there any counter argument to the idea or um, let's have discourse? Yeah. And I, I like having discourse with people. I, if someone comes onto my status, there's been times where I may have overlooked something and someone points it out and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I could, I could, right. or, or at least at the very least, Oh, I, I see where you're coming from there. Yeah. And, and I've, I've done that before on Facebook, but um, I don't know. I, I use the social media platforms and it just comes out of habit for me to say, you know, what's the most obscene thing that I can say because I'm allowed to say it, but it has to be said because nobody's saying it. Yeah. And the, the, it, it just just within the same breath of freedom has to be fought for, you have to exercise your, your right to freedom of speech. And that means, you know, like a comedian, you have to find the most obscene humorous thing you can. Yeah. Otherwise it like a muscle, it just deteriorates and then ceases to exist. And if we have that cease to exist, then what's, what's it worth fighting for? If you can't say what you want, well, right. And I, I honestly just like part, part of it is I, I like putting my beliefs and, and my knowledge to the test. If, if I've done extensive research on something and I generally, genuinely want to see what the counter arguments are, I, I will put something out there just to see if what I'm saying actually holds up, if I can defend it. And if anything, if they prove me wrong, well, great. Well, then I learned something new, but if not, then it solidifies my beliefs even more. And I am 
able to become stronger with um, kind of my my objections. So and your your reasoning for societal structure, you know, and and these theories that we concoct either on our own or as group start as seeds and then determine the fabric of society themselves. And those ideas, just like using the scientific method, you can't just come up with a hypothesis and turn it into a law. It has to hold water and it has to pass the scientific method. Right. But even at that point, even when, when something is made into a, a law, um, there it's still not closed to discussion because there's, I can't give immediate examples, but there's been times where something would be considered scientific law, but later down the line, it's been proven wrong due to uh, more of an understanding on that particular topic. If, if there was an inability to, uh, to correct in science, then it's not science anymore. Yeah. And now you're just dealing with the dogmatic um, existence of, you know, trust the science and believe the science and, and these simpleton terms that almost sound uh, religious. You're just making these arguments as if science is, is just, there is no questioning. And that's exactly yeah. like you said. Just that trust, is trust, put your faith in it. A part yeah. of it is, well, obviously, first of all, that obviously people are just repeating what other people are saying. But at the same time, it's kind of an easy way out of discussing something. Like if they don't have the answers and they don't really know, it's easier to just say, well, trust the science, because then it, it dismisses any objections that they don't have. They don't want to deal with. It's just a rallying cry almost. And it's the same thing with everything that they say. Yes, we can. Um, you know, uh, the Patriot Act, uh, <laughs> all these other things. It, it, you know, Yeah, it's just these simple two word terms that they use. Um, and it's not just, I guess you could say people on the left, but it's it's everybody they just fall back to these rudimentary ideas that haven't held, haven't faced the tests. And, and when they do, they, it, nobody looks into that question to say, well, do these ideas actually mean anything? It's Thomas yeah. Sowell said it, man. There's no such things in economics, much like politics. There's no such thing that is the answer or the solution. There are trade-offs. There's, going to be a consequence to everything and every and anything that that you can concoct and think up there are consequences yeah i agree and and another thing i wanted to brush on too is um because a lot of people see the and it's obviously you see the cringe online of people talking about how libertarian libertarianism is a uh white um supremacist ideology or, or however they can concoct another thing to say stupidly that kind of thinking to me just doesn't make sense it, to me it's like you you want you, you believe in individual rights how dare you like we don't want individual rights look at us as a collective we're, we're not individuals we're a collective society we're a democracy it's like this weird 
weird way of thinking. I, I, it is collectivist mentality. I mean, it's Eastern philosophy versus Western philosophy. And that's why even with the virus, they've made people responsible for other people's health. And that is like, that's why those, those ideas work so well in Eastern countries because they live under authoritarianism yeah. and they've been trained generally generationally to just submit to the authoritative power and they structure it through the, the social credit system and the you know the overall fear and they put so much fear into their society that if you say that Mao Zedong you know slapped his wife around was a bad guy you'll get stomped out in China they yeah. don't, they won't fucking take that which and, and similar to that I think that's why like our, our democracy or our democracy um, is, is kind of similar to that, but it's what I've been talking about where it's an illusion of freedom. So instead of being stomped out by it, it's in the form of like propaganda where it's their social norms. So they don't have to stomp yeah. you out because society um, kind of uh, metaphorically stomps you out. So you, you're kept in line without having to lay down the hammer like China does. It, it's a win-win for them because everybody believes they're free and it's, it's an illusion. That's what happens with societies that get too large is the ones at the top say, there's no way we can police all of these people. We have to allow them to police themselves. And not through the libertarian aspect of, um, you know, live your own life as long as you, you know, the, the, um, the no harm principle or, or forgetting it already. Yeah. The non-aggression, the non-aggression. non-aggression principle. And they actually just live by the aggression principle in those countries. And that's the aspect of fear that they create. And that's how everybody polices themselves. Yeah. And now they're it. Social media is also, almost a social tool that you can get doxxed or publicly shamed or, you know, get yeah. your name dragged through the mud. And um, I know that's going to happen, you know, probably with you, that's going to happen with me and it's happened to me already. I'm sure it's happened to you as well. Um, but People try I, to do it all the time, but you know, to me, <laughs> I'm not guilty. Cause I know the person that I am. I, I I'm I'm here just to fight the good fight and and for everybody to be cool and love each other, but to be left alone. Yeah. Stop getting involved in each other's lives and dictating what it is they can and can't do. And plus, if you want to try to drag me through the mud, I mean, if you want to give me free advertisement, I'm okay with that. Because <laughs> I I promise you, if you try, if someone with a huge following tries to like put me on blast, I promise you, my lessons will triple at least <laughs> yeah yeah get some negative uh, get some not all of it would be negative know? too i'm sure that there would be people that agree and just don't feel comfortable uh being outspoken about it because of these assholes out there uh publicly kind of shaming people so then they would be coming over listening to me because they heard it from people trying to bash on me so I, I'm not, that's not my goal. That's not my aim. I'm just going to be me and I'm going to not hold back anything that I have to right. say. 
Yep. Don't hold back, man. I can't wait to to really get on my own platform and be able to just dictate, you know, what it is I'm going to talk about today. And you can listen to it or you, or you don't have to. And yeah. I'm sure, you know, reasonable people will, but uh, it's not going to stop any of the, the trolls online. The way of the world, I guess. Yeah, it is what it is. Whatever. I mean, if, if we live in this uh, collectivism mentality, I mean, it's just expected. So. Yeah. And we're seeing that turn more into that. And, and, it's almost as if the politicians can just sit back and, and we'll do it to ourselves. We'll just, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's so, kind of, it's, it's as Tom Woods says, it's a cult. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been like really crazy with, with the COVID talks. He he's been calling oh. it voodoo and calls him uh, the COVID cult. <laughs> he's, he's, he's right on the money with all of that. I don't, I don't want to appease any, any idea about being afraid and being afraid for somebody else. It's not my responsibility. You know, that's not if, the way yeah, that if I someone live. wants to, if, if someone wants to make sure that they're protected, that's fine. Or if they're wearing masks because they feel like it's helping them or whatever, yeah. that's, that's fine. But you can't, force that on other people especially because even from their perspective like even if you believe that the government should be able to dictate over your life there is substantial evidence that shows the contrary so even from their perspective like how do you decipher that truth if they're is evidence that holds up that is very extensive, well thought out, well studied evidence. I mean, you can't just dismiss it. But it doesn't fit their religious criteria. Because well, exactly. they're just like they're just it's so um and as soon as it happened, I knew exactly what it was. And I would encourage plenty of people to go out there and watch event two oh one that took place in October of last year where they basically just predict the entire 2020 year to the T to a T they just, they centralize everything. And now, you know, and I know a lot of conservatives in my family and alike, and um, just diehard Republicans. And we have to, at this point, I mean, it's, it is the, the dawn of the libertarian era. We had, there has to be an overwhelming wave of people that say, no, I don't trust anybody in a suit and tie in Wall Street or, or Washington. And so why give them that power? Why don't we just stop funding the entire thing? And you're well, seeing that a lot with the Trump people and, and the Bernie people is just getting so overwhelmingly pissed at once. It's, it's like, just so it, it, it's like like a lot of like the Bernie Sanders supporters, like the, the whole thing with them is they at least claim they don't trust the suit and tie people and and don't trust our government, but then they're the same ones just completely falling in line, blindly following. So there was this, I, I think it was satire, but you know, the band rage against the machine. Yeah. It, 
there was a, a tweet or something that showed Rage Against the Machine calling for more lockdown mandates or something like that. And rage, rage for the machine. <laughs> well, and, and it, it's the, the, whoever retweeted it said, Oh, the irony here. And someone commented and said, or they tweeted back and they said something like, well, considering the machine is telling you not to wear masks, I'd say they're doing a good job. I'm like, what? How how do you come to these conclusions? I don't and, and there were so many people that were saying like the exact same thing that the machine is the one telling them not to wear the masks and, and wanting to go back to work. Like I I don't understand. Like is it because their side that they're listening to actually for some reason has brainwashed them to the point where they believe that they're the minority? Is that what's going on? I, I I'm I'm generally I'm genuinely curious. Like, do they believe that they're the minority and that everyone around just wants everybody to die and go back to work, but they're just the, the very, they're the remnant that wants to save everyone's life. Yeah. They're, they're the beacon of light and, and, and goodwill towards men. I mean, is it do, I mean, have the people you talk to, does it seem like they believe that they're the minority? Like, as far as COVID, like the, the ones who are hysterics about it, do they believe that they're the minority? Like, do they not understand that they're like of the 95% or more? I think they're just infatuated with the overwhelming amount of media content that is centered around the apocalypse. They want this to be their apocalypse. They want to think that they're going to die some heroic figure that was pleading to the masses, like, wear your masks and distance. When everybody's just like, I will assume my own risk and you're not going to enforce this lame policy. Not upon me. It's It's just weird. It's not. Sorry. I don't want to go along with everybody else. There has to be people that exist like that. It's just weird that they, they, they believe that they're like taking this bold stand. Like, Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm standing against. It's like, yeah, and everybody around you agrees with you. You're not bold. Like everybody pats you on the back. I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, it's so fulfilling, and all you have to do is say things. You don't have, and and you get justified for doing nothing. So, oh, I've put off this project for six months. Well, it's because COVID happened, and you know, it just gives them an excuse, and then it gives them a feeling of, or even if they do something, they're like, I do my job every day and we're going through a pandemic and the apocalypse and, you yeah. know, and well, it, I think human nature, a lot of most people just look for excuses anyway. So, and it fulfills them. It, it, a lot of people are dying to have fulfillment and they just, uh, they, they need anything they can get, I guess. It's that Especially if cult, they get this cultist desperate. mentality again. That's, that's yeah. why so many people are so, um, capable of falling into cults is because you're kind of going through the motions of having this life that is just average and you kind of feel worthless and you're just going day to day making your, I don't know, your, your middle to low uh, income and you, you just don't have a purpose. And then all of a sudden something comes around where it makes you feel like 
there's a purpose to your life. So then people fall into this cult where they'll just defend it to their death, essentially. And yeah. that's what we're seeing with COVID. And, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that there's, you know, um, a reason to be alive and there's a fulfillment for everybody and that life is justified. I mean, we he- we're here to, to, to make better for the future generation, even if that ends up harming them, like we've seen now, it's like the old adage that, uh, you know, good times make soft men, soft men make hard times, hard times make good men. Well, how can you have a purpose to live if you want everyone to die? (laughs) Right, right. You don't even believe in the right to life anyway. So Uh, it's living my life. I was just listening to this podcast today where he was talking about um, society has made fear a virtue. I agree with that 100%. It's like sawing your own leg off and being like, I'm an amputee. You know, I live a really hard life. It's like, well, you, everything could have been just fine, but it was too fine to where you were actually digging for issues. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I had to saw my own leg off because that's not my leg. Yeah. And that's why you're seeing this phenomenon where people are like allergic to good news. Like you, you can't say yeah. anything. Oh, it's like, Oh, look at this. This is great. Like deaths are down. Oh no no deaths aren't down. Look at the cases rise. And it's like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Look at this number, this figmatic number that's that almost reflects the deficit number that. <laughs> Have <laughs> you seen the deaths? Like it's a, it's really weird. They're they're They'll say like highest death count in two days and it, and you'll go look. Yeah. Two days of reported deaths, but you, you're reporting deaths from months ago. Yeah. It, and then you get multiple tests that get taken sometimes. And just like in uh, the NFL and in college sports, they get tested daily, you know? So even if they are positive yesterday, they'll test them tomorrow and then they'll be positive again. And then they count it. Yeah. It's really, and that doesn't even include like the presumed positive cases, which is just, that blows my mind. Oh, you have these few symptoms. Oh, it's presumed positive. And they'll actually count that in statistics as presume they're presumed positive cases. Well, I mean, every, like I was saying earlier, everything can be a, a COVID symptom. So how, what, what is presumed positive when everything could be a COVID? Like if I, I get bad allergies this time of year, would I be presumed positive because I have bad allergies? Right. Basically. <laughs> and then, then, I mean, that whole that whole scenario is I I'm so exhausted with it, but yet people are still cheerleading. You know the reason that they have these rules in place, or that they tally these things the way they do. I don't know if you saw my recent post where I was talking about economic consequences, but there there's people that were advocating for these lockdown measures who once once their field started getting affected, which was, I think they worked in a restaurant or something. Once she wasn't able to work, she's now saying, oh, well, I, I w- I'm all for these lockdowns, but this just isn't fair. Like uh, n- I'm not able to make my money. But so, so you didn't care before, but now you care because it's uh, actually affecting you. Yeah, now she's hanging her Gadsden flag up there. 
but all, but all no, she of course yeah, I go to read on and she's advocating for more handouts. Like, well, if we would just get more uh, money from the federal government, so we uh, our state government can hand out more money to us, then this wouldn't be a problem. It's like, do you do you understand how economics work? I I don't. Whatever temporary fix you believe this is gonna fix, even if it were to like temporarily help them out, do you under like do they realize the long term consequences that all this is gonna cause? Like you're going to be way worse off after all this shit's done with. Yeah, and they they don't hold any responsibility. They don't claim any responsibility for that. But yet, I have to claim all the responsibility in the world if 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 somebody else's grandmother dies. Yeah, because you know what's going to happen is uh, if if we get like a severe crash in the well, I mean, technically we're already in a recession, but it, if we actually reach the point where it's like a depression, they're going to blame it on something else. It, Oh, it, it's never the Federal Reserve. It's never the the handouts that they're giving out. It's got to be, I don't know, Trump caused this from his presidency. When, <laughs> when really he has very little, as much as people want to believe, Trump has very little effect on how the economy actually goes. Right. And that's exactly how you know you're not talking to somebody that knows how an economy works. It's like, well. I know where I sit here in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, and they as soon as you bring up the economy, they they act like the economy is just this like mystical, like magical, theoretical figure that means nothing. It's like, no, you do you understand that if the economy goes to shit, like if we have a depression, it's literally life or death. Yeah. Well, and, and they're the same people that think, well, just print more money. Just they won't even oh. bat an eye at it. <laughs> they just sit there and tell you, well, it's just an infinite pool of an imaginary number. We can just print more of it. Right. Like, oh, my goodness. Well, you know, we, we're, we could have a two week conversation getting you up to speed. <laughs> I have a job, so, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. There's no, I I've been trying to think of ways to kind of explain it to him, but the problem is you, you could explain it to a T and give countless sources and examples, but they just, it's willful ignorance. Yeah. You can drag the, you can drag that horse all the way to the water. You can't make him drink it. Yeah, and exactly. Just the debt forgiveness and, why is the solution always to find a way for the government to solve the problem? Because why is they it? don't want personal responsibility. And that's why people hate libertarianism so much because they don't want to be, they don't want to believe that the situation they're in is directly because of them. They, they want to be able to blame something else, but themselves. Yeah. They don't want to deal with their own consequences. Nope. They, and they think that there shouldn't be consequences. They just think that they should just have unprotected sex with everybody in the block and um, never have the repercussions of that. You know, yeah, there is a such thing as personal responsibility. And you'll hear these same people. Well, why don't you flex your personal responsibility by wearing a mask? Or you only believe that because you're privileged. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. You come from the right of privilege. Oh, You're such slave owners. Um, 
I mean, if that has anything to do with now, but all of a sudden their history plucking and which I'm, I'm not saying overnight. that there's zero effect. Like obviously yeah. there there's reasons why black neighborhoods tend to be a lot more poor on average. Blacks are more poor than whites. And I'm not saying that they don't have personal responsibility to get themselves out of that situation. But what I'm saying is there, there may be, reasons why it would be harder for them but if they choose not to get themselves out of that it's still their own fault you can't blame anyone but yourself there's always a story and even even when it comes down to the racial aspect of income um inequity not inequality not inequality inequity inequity (laughs) use your terms right because that those little aspects of language go a long way yeah, you're cutting out. Am I? Oh, I, I got you back. But yeah, I think that's why people are using terms. Uh, why? Well, why they're saying um, they want equity rather than equality. Which, yeah. in, even though which I don't necessarily agree, I don't agree with that premise. But it, if someone's using their terms correctly, I'm at least like, oh, yeah, at least they use the correct term. <laughs> At least they're open with what they actually want. They don't put it behind this morality perception. Yeah. Even if I completely disagree with someone, if they're honest about their view and they actually know what they believe and why they believe it and actually can back it up, it'll reach the point where I'm just like, yeah, I mean, it looks like you thought it through. I, I, I've shown you all the facts and you know, all the facts you've, you've looked at it, but you decide otherwise. I, I will respect that. But someone who is willful, willful, willfully ignorant about anything and tries to just shut down the argument by saying stuff like, Oh, you're just privileged or listen to the science. I, I have zero sympathy for these people when I yeah. tear them a new asshole. <laughs> <laughs> It must be done. It and must be. As long as you understand that there are consequences no matter what, and if you're willing to accept those consequences, that's fine. I mean, there was a kid that went to our high school. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but he was an atheist, and he spoke in class about um, with the teacher. Um, Wait, what class was this? Honors Humanities with Mr. Len, but yeah. I remember sitting there, you know, being a dipshit and I didn't know anything. And this kid was an atheist, but he knew and had read the three major religions. I mean, he'd read the Quran and uh, the Old Testament and the King James Version of the Bible. And he was just, you know, riffing on all of this knowledge. And I was like, I can't believe that, you know, because myself, I'm I'm a believer, you know, but um, to have that much uh, knowledge on every subject, which I try to do and I've tried to do it, uh, later on in my life is educate myself on the three major religions. I think I've done a fairly decent job with the resources available and the people that I know. But for him to understand all of that and still make a, a decision to not believe is that's that's excellent. I have great admiration for those people. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could at least respect it. I, yeah, 
I can't relate. I, I, I love the fact that I'm able to believe, you know, and I love yeah. all the benefits that I have from it. Even though Lens, he, he, I'm sure, Lens, Mr. Lens is pretty, pretty smart dude. <laughs> Mr. Lens is very based. <laughs> yeah. In the, in the sense of that word, very yeah. based. He was the one that, I mean, he got us to read 1984 and opened up my entire worldview of, oh my God, there's these draconian things that exist that could very well become very real. And most likely will. I mean, yeah, history repeats itself as they say. Sliding down that slide to that point. How long have we been on here? <laughs> I think it's been a good. I think it's been a good hour. Yeah. I'm just. I'm gonna get uh, hopefully a better phone. So the next time I'm on here, we can. I can and and a better setup. I didn't expect my phone to die so quickly, but I guess that's what I'm gonna get. I've got a lot of ideas. I've. Uh, actually drew out a draft piece for a logo um, last week. And so I'm working to get that looking professional. And I want to do it. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it how I want it to look, you know, and I know that that's going to cost me a little bit, but I've been adamantly budgeting and doing the right things to make those happen. It depends. There's some people who, are willing to do stuff pretty cheap, especially in like the cryptocurrency world. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people, if if you will give them cryptocurrency, they'll, they'll charge you pretty cheap. I'm going to talk about in the intro, I'm, I'm going to do that AR-15 upper giveaway. And that's, that's I awesome. Think, I think how I'm, tr- I'm trying to set it up where I have, um, to to kind of get into the drawing you'll like buy in at like two dollars of cryptocurrency and it's not even just for the purpose of me wanting money um but it also encourages my listeners who i want to get into cryptocurrency to to finally use it and it gives them a reason to use it i mean two bucks I mean, it's only encourages them to take that step. Yeah, that's so. righteous, man. That's that's all. It encourages me to to get into cryptocurrency. My girlfriend currently is, and I've, you know, I've been pretty irresponsible the beginning adult. Well, phase. one thing that I I kind of started falling out of cryptocurrency because, uh, which I'm back into it, but uh, I originally I was always under the impression that cryptocurrency transactions are 100% private and untraceable. Well, turns out like, uh, for example, Bitcoin is like very easily traced, very, very Mm -hmm. easily traced. So, but now they have what are called privacy coins. So they, one of them's called private era. I'm sorry. One of them's called pirate chain and another one's called like Monero and they're like extremely, extremely private, like to the point where the IRS has been trying to crack Monero for five years. And they're so desperate that they made an announcement to anybody who can crack Monero. They're offering $650,000. Yeah, they're, they're desperate. 
because that they, makes me very happy. <laughs> me too. Me too. It, it's. I mean, you know, they're desperate if they're because they have a huge budget. I mean, they they have unlimited resources and they can't do it to the point where they're just like reaching out to the private market saying, Hey, if someone can do it, we'll give you $650,000. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> well, when all else fails in the world of authority, give yep, it to the God people forbid that people, find solution. God forbid people don't pay taxes on their, their uh, transactions. So <laughs> That makes right. me so happy just to know that the IRS is, has too. a bounty. Yeah, so I'll I'll have to send you uh, that one over. I'll I'll show you yeah. how to get into it because it's it's not as easy as is um like Bitcoin is where you just buy the Bitcoin. You actually have to first buy a coin like Bitcoin and then have that transferred into Monero. And then at that point, you can send it off to your wallet. So it, there's a few extra steps, but it's still pretty easy. Do it, man. I'll watch for that link to send over. Yeah. All right, man. But uh, it's nice having you. Good conversation. We'll have to get you back on. And uh, if there are any links that you want to link to, uh, you mentioned earlier your phone number. If you wanted to leave your phone number, we'll link that in the show notes. And I'll be looking out for your podcast. I'll send you my phone number. Uh, or you have it. So you just go ahead and post my cell phone. Okay. I didn't uh, know if you had like a work phone that we're, you were using or how you're doing that. So I have a direct line in the office, but it's easier. Like, you know, cause everybody makes moves and, and this is, <laughs> if you're calling the guy with the money at six o'clock when he's not at work, how do you think that's going to turn out? You know? Yeah. Um, so, but the cell phone works better because more often than not, the people that uh, are going to listen to this and, and see us, uh, they're probably going to either have my cell phone or they know who I am and, or maybe not, hopefully, yeah. you know, it can help somebody out. You know, that's what I'm looking to do is just make it a real deal. And all right, man, but we'll, we'll stay in contact. Hell yeah, nice man. Having you hey, on. Praying for you, brother. You, your son, your family. Merry Christmas. It was great talking with you, man. I'm glad to be I, here. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas. All right, man. Bye. Peace out. Thanks for listening in. If you're on YouTube or Odyssey, please rate, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast, hit that subscribe button or download button or follow button. Leave me a review on iTunes to help me out that would be great sorry about the noise i'm in my vehicle driving safely if you'd like to stay up to date with all the new podcasts you can go on my website at www.breakingthesystems.com and at the bottom of the page there's a subscribe button to my email list you can also subscribe to my telegram channel which i will be listing in the show notes if anyone has any questions or concerns, you can email me at contact at btsoc.me. That's contact at btsoc.me. All right, catch you next time. Bye.